0: Well, hello and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the Conversation, we're talking with Gretchen Soto. She is a program manager with Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, and we're going to be talking about the ADAPT program, That's ADAPT, A-D-A-P-T, which stands for Anchor and Domestic Abuse Prevention and Treatment. Now, ADAPT is an 18-week state-certified domestic violence intervention program that utilizes a compassionate approach, teaching emotional regulation skills to adult residents of Fairfax County and the cities of Falls Church and Fairfax who have been physically, emotionally, or sexually abusive to a spouse, partner, child, parent, or other family member. Gretchen, definitely a uh, heavy topic for us to talk about uh, during this holiday season, but an important one, and welcome to the County Conversation.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be with
0: you. Absolutely. uh, Glad that you are here with us, and again, like I said, looking forward to the conversation, one that's uh, a difficult conversation uh, to have Uh, a lot of times for many when we're talking about domestic abuse and sexual abuse, that type of thing, but as I said in the intro, a, an important topic uh, that we need to talk about.
1: Indeed, particularly as folks are having to shelter in place so much during this season of pandemic, um, we've seen an escalation in domestic and sexual violence. So it's a really timely conversation to have. Thank
0: you. I was going to ask you: uh, We are in the in the pandemic; it doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. Although a vaccine has uh, a vac- multiple vaccines have been uh, recently approved, so hopefully we're we're getting close, but I was going to ask you about that, if uh, sexual violence, physical violence, domestic abuse had, had actually increased during the pandemic, and, and you said it has?
1: Yes, absolutely. Throughout the country as well as regionally, um, we've seen an uptick in incidences and, um, which are concerning, and so we always encourage folks to reach out for our assistance. We have a 24-hour domestic and sexual violence hotline, That's probably available for folks when there are concerns, Um, and you will hear me talk about it throughout this podcast, but it's available at 703-360-7273.
0: Very good. I was going to ask you, if you didn't say it, to go ahead and point it out, because uh, an important resource uh, that uh, we mentioned there, and again, as you said, we'll mention uh, throughout the podcast in, in case folks are in need of that. We're specifically going to be talking today about the ADAPT program, again, ADAPT, which is an acronym, I think that's the right word, for Anger and Domestic Abuse Prevention and Treatment. What exactly does that mouthful of words mean that I said in the intro? What is the ADAPT program?
1: Um, It's a group modality. Uh, So folks come together in group setting, which we're now doing virtually, uh, online, in a confidential way. Um, to support persons who have perpetrated violence. Um, and that takes many shapes and forms. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's financial. Um, sometimes it's sexual. Sometimes it's physical. Um, sometimes folks have hurt their children or children have been, um, witnessed, um, or in the home when the violence has occurred. And so using, um, a, a clinical model called cognitive behavioral therapy which is another mouthful that simply means we really help folks look at how they think and how those thoughts impact the feelings and behavior. And if we can change the thoughts, we can get a different outcome and help families to be safer. And we do that in that 18-week group modality.
0: I was going to uh, ask you and let you talk about, again, I I know that I have done several podcasts about uh, domestic violence services, domestic and sexual violence services, and I know every time I, I get the pleasure to talk about it, I'm always constantly reminded how my stereotypical thinking, I guess, or whatever, you know, I often think about the physical and sexual, but you don't think about the the monetary abuse, the psychological, the emotional abuse. So when we're talking about abuse, it is wide ranging, so many different um, uh, factors and so many different uh things that can be involved uh, that folks need to uh, recover from and, and have assistance with.
1: It's so true it's there's a lot of subtlety and nuance a lot of times there's progression um, and um, there is not always a desire for uh, partners who are the victims of the abuse to leave in many instances families wish to stay together in a safer way and so adapt really seeks to help folks develop adaptive, Healthy coping skills, so that they can do just that, by gaining um, the ability to regulate their emotions, recognize yeah. what they're feeling, but also to recognize what others are feeling in that moment, and to have a level of empathy and awareness of how their behavior has impact um, and outcome, and oftentimes outcomes that are deleterious to themselves and to the families. All right. You you
0: mentioned oftentimes the person being abused doesn't want to leave because of misconceptions, misunderstandings. This program, ADAPT, specifically is for the person committing the abuse. So it seems to me there is a huge hurdle to overcome to get them to want to seek help. How are you able to do that?
1: It happens in many different ways. We get a number of referrals from folks that are self-referred um, because they recognize that um, there's a problem and they want to change. They want to feel healthy. They want to be better. Um, and um, we know that hurt people hurt people. And um, ADAPT believes that given a choice, folks will opt to be their happier, healthier selves. Sometimes folks are referred through the court system, and so they're leveraged into services that way. Other times, families nudge folks in. Um, and we get referrals uh, through those names. Um We also, in domestic and sexual violence services, provide counseling to survivors. So sometimes those survivors will um, work with their partner to, to come into uh, group services. And so by any number of vehicles folks present. And the interesting thing that I think folks would always guess is that um, if somebody's mandated into treatment, that the outcome would be better. And we know that research doesn't bear that out. Statistically, those who self-prefer versus those who are mandated into treatment have similar outcomes. And what that tells us is that it's really about the modality of treatment that can determine someone's motivation for change. And so we use motivational enhancement strategies to work within a person's value system to help them identify their own personal motivators for change.
0: So the ADAPT program does not... um... Take people that are mandated. In other words, the court can't order someone to go
1: into a damned program. It has to be voluntary or, or oh, referral. No. We take we take court referred as well. Oh, okay, um, and so, yeah, absolutely, we do. Okay, but you say
0: there is a, a a difference in the outcome, I guess, if you will, if someone is uh, is wanting it versus being forced upon them.
1: Actually, that's what I'm saying is the opposite. There is mm. no difference. And so um. the difference comes between um, enhancing somebody's motivation for change once they're in treatment. Statistically, there's no difference between someone who's mandated versus someone who self-refers for treatment. And so the catalyst for change really seems to be the clinical interaction itself. Um, and so we use motivational enhancement strategies to help folks figure out their own value system and about their own motivators for change. And then we guide within that system to help them achieve the outcomes that are healthy and adaptive and functional for them.
0: My apologies for misunderstanding, Gretchen. I appreciate that explanation. You mentioned uh, clinical, and you, you said that a couple of times. When when I hear the word clinical, I think um you know, gosh, complicated, hard, you know, (laughs) uh, over my head. What what does that mean when you're talking about it in this setting?
1: Well, it's not that complicated. Um, (laughs) And we believe that you're a therapist by proxy after speaking speaking with our program so often. Uh, So it just means that it's a counseling approach, Um, that there is, you know, a heuristic at the underpinnings about how change occurs. And we know that as we work through change processes, Um, it's important that we work with folks' value systems. And so we use some varying clinical approaches that I mentioned prior, like cognitive behavioral therapy, motivational enhancement, um, to help folks make changes in their lives. We also use some mindfulness strategies that you might be familiar with, some calming techniques, some breathing techniques. All of that helps with emotional regulation skills.
0: We mentioned, or I mentioned in the uh, intro, that the ADAPT program is an 18-week, state-certified domestic violence intervention program. But also, I, I found out in some uh, research that there are few programs like the ADAPT program that's actually offered by county governments. Uh, many or, or most are run by private organizations. Can you kind of give us some insight on on the you know that side of the? air-quote, business of the ADAPT program, if you will.
1: Absolutely. Um, Throughout Northern Virginia, we have any number of private providers, nonprofits typically, that provide batter intervention program services. But you are right. The research is accurate. In the D.C. region, we have Arlington, Montgomery counties, and then Fairfax that offer something similar in terms of batter intervention program actually being integrated into county government. Uh, systems of care. And so our ADAPT program is part of domestic and sexual violence services because we serve the entire family Mm -hmm. system through DSVS. And domestic and sexual violence services in turn is a part of our Fairfax County's Department of Family Services.
0: And lots of other county agencies are involved and work with domestic and sexual violence services offering, you know, complementary programs and services, so you're not the only one in Fairfax County government that, that folks could reach out to, so so that's that's good. There are other county agencies involved.
1: Absolutely, and we, we couldn't do it alone. Um, specifically, the ADAPT program works very closely with our community services board. Hmm. Um, actually, one of our locations that's right in Merrifield, um, when we were providing in vivo services um, pre-pandemic. Uh, their offices were right down the hallway from ours. And so there was um, with releases of information to protect confidentiality of clients. There was sharing of information to support clients that were receiving services that were complementary through CSB and or ADAPT. We work very closely with our judiciary and our court system, have a great relationship with our juvenile domestic relations and district court from where we receive um, the largest amount of our referrals. Um, We work with uh, child, youth and family services, um, providing technical assistance um, for supporting uh, workers when they're going out and working within the family system so that they're able to provide a fully holistic assessment that includes identification of risk factors for uh, perpetrators of violence in the home. Um, We work with neighborhood and community services um, in terms of um, understanding resources in um, high-risk communities. So without our partners, um, DSVS and ADAPT um, would be at a loss. It really does take a coordinated community response um, to perpetration of violence to increase safety in our community.
0: I'm I'm sure we could spend a whole podcast, if not several, (laughs) just talking about all the different county agencies and organizations and programs and services that are, that are coordinating uh, to uh, try to uh, stop and end uh, domestic and sexual violence. We're talking with Gretchen Soto. She's a program manager with the county's domestic and sexual violence services, and we're talking about the ADAPT program. And I want to ask you before we get into specifics about, uh, you know, is there any cost, and you know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Uh, the 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 location. You know, I'm assuming with the pandemic. You referenced it earlier that, you know, the classes, the programs, whatever, are, are being offered virtually now versus a physical location. H- has that been harder? Has it created new opportunities? Kind of talk to me a little bit about how the ADAPT program is is being offered during the pandemic when we're spo- exposed to social distance and that type of thing. So I
1: think the answer to your question, Jim, is yes and yes. It is harder and it has created <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> Staff has been very resilient in um, figuring out and working uh, with our county attorneys and technical advisors from the Confidentiality Institute on figuring out how to lift services virtually in a way that's supportive of clients and at the same time protects their confidentiality. So whereas pre-pandemic, we were offering groups in Chantilly, Reston, Fairfax, Merrifield, South County, Alexandria. the very areas of the county we now are exclusively providing services online via zoom um, and the group meets for two hours um, using that platform we have reduced the group size um, because we just found that clinically that was more effective we were able to have you know 15 in a classroom when we were meeting in person whereas Seven to eight is more appropriate at this um, with this modality. Just to make sure that there's you know engagement, that um, counselors are able to really um, invite into conversation with the varying group members, paying attention to the uh, visual cues uh, online that are much more easy to pick up in the classroom. Um, we uh, very much believe in homework between settings continuity of learning and practice. And so um, in between sessions, clients are tasked to complete assignments that actually practice the skills that they learned um, during group time. Since it is only two hours, um, one evening per week that, that clients are meeting with, with the counselor
0: and the group. You, you mentioned skills they learn. What, what type of skills? What are they learning?
1: So there are some compassion-based skills um, that really help folks to take the perspective of another. We find that perspective taking helps to cultivate a level of accountability and um, remorse for past transgressions. And so whether it's um, things like mindfulness and breathing um, or um, a technique that folks learn about in group called HEALS, specifically H-E-A-L-S, which we won't delve into too much, but let's just suffice it to say that it's an acronym that teaches folks to stop and think about what they're experiencing, how other folks may be experiencing that, to do some brainstorming about possibilities, to really just kind of turn that thinking and shift the thinking in the moment to get a better outcome on the other side. Gotcha. You mentioned learning
0: changing you know going from in person to you know online uh and and I found that interesting the the reduction in class size going from the physical down to the the online and as you were talking i i could I could understand that uh, because I think I know I am at least am less um Oh, I don't know, what's the word, interactive or willing to share or, or find it just easier to hide behind the computer screen. So uh, that that was an interesting finding uh, by your team in, in learning that.
1: Yes, it, it, there's been a lot of research that's been happening across the board within our programs. And um, we've been consulting with all of our partners and technical advisors throughout the state to make sure that we're staying as keen and primed as possible, because this is all new terrain um, Mm -hmm. for the counseling profession. Not to say that there wasn't telehealth, but groups by by and large were not happening via a video platform. And so the recommendation was certainly for reduction in size, which meant that we had to increase our number of group offerings. Mm -hmm. Um, We have noticed a slowing in referrals from the court system because the pandemic caused a backlog. Um, So that kind of worked out well for us, prayerfully, to be able to scaffold the starts of groups and give staff a chance to get up to speed on how best to provide um, telehealth services. So there was a lot of practice that went into it, um, learning to um, attend to clients. Um, And I would say that uh, staff are, by and large, more active in the session than they would have to be um, Mm. when they're. They're meeting in person, and we do try to make sure there's a co facilitator in every group for the technical assistance side with things like logistics. If someone has to step on the group room, moving them off camera, those kinds
0: of things, right? Interesting. All right, less uh, other lessons learned uh, from pandemic service provision that you anticipate may go forward, you know, whenever that might be 2021, whenever. Uh, do you think the online uh, will continue, at least maybe as, a, as an alternative for group settings, or do you anticipate going back to all group whenever a uh, pandemic uh, situation clears?
1: That's a great question, And I think the Fairfax County at large, not just the DAP program, we have recognized opportunities that were otherwise untapped. And so that telework, telehealth will remain an integrated part of the fabric of what we do. I think it provides for some individuals and families um, opportunities that weren't otherwise available. So I think it would be likely that we would have perhaps a hybrid model as opposed to an ego.
0: I, I want to make sure we are, you know, getting on the cusp of our time here. I want to make sure that uh, uh, folks listening have resources that they they need to get. So before I go on with another question or two, Telephone number, I know you mentioned the sexual violence hotline earlier. If you could repeat that, is there a website or additional phone numbers, resources, where folks can learn more about the ADAPT program, et cetera?
1: Thank you so much for bringing an opportunity to share that again. Um, for the website, because it's a long um, thread, I'll just say it's best to go to fairfaxcounty.gov and then a search A-D-A-P-T, ADAPT. Um, Folks can certainly call the Domestic and Sexual Violence 24-Hour Hotline. You don't have to know the answers. We'll help folks sort through them, and that's available at 703-360-7273. That number is not just for survivors. It is for those who perpetrate violence. For those that um, are loved ones, concerned others, anyone can call that number 24 hours a day. And someone is regularly available to answer. Um, and for folks that, I'm sorry to interrupt, for no, folks that ahead. want to schedule and ADAPT intake um, because they really are interested in coming into the program, we do have a specific registration line for that as well. And that number is 703-968-4052.
0: Okay, so I was writing that number down 703 968 4052. That's the uh, direct line for a, um, what did you call it? Like a consultation an, or? An
1: intake, yes. So if intake. folks are interested in the ADAPT program specifically, that line will get you to exactly where
0: you need to be. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, again, the domestic and sexual violence hotline number, and that was a great point that you pointed it out. Uh, as many times as I've talked about domestic and sexual violence services, I always, again, my misunderstanding, my interpretation, that was a hotline to call if you were abused. But you, that was a great point you mentioned. Uh, anyone that's experiencing uh, domestic or sexual violence from one side or the other should call that number 703 360 7273. And I'll just point out that if you are in a domestic and sexual violence situation, and you do feel like you're in imminent danger or a life-threatening situation, please call or text 911. Uh, Gretchen Soto, Program Manager with Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, talking about the ADAPT program. Um, I try to give the the guests the final word on the show, Gretchen. Anything I haven't asked you, anything that you really want uh, listeners now to know about either the ADAPT program or domestic and sexual violence in Fairfax County?
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, unlike our other domestic and sexual violence services programs, there is a fee associated with ADAPT. Um, we find that um, paying for the service does have an implication for outcome. And so for Fairfax County residents, that fee is $450 for the 18 week sessions in the intake. Um, and for non county residents, there's a rate of $600 but there is a reduced fee for those that are experiencing financial need. Um, And also wanted to point out that we offer services in both English and Spanish. Um, So we invite folks um, of both uh, languages to uh, feel free to reach out for our services. And um, I think in terms of a closing point, we are just working really hard as an organization to change the the trajectory for the experience of harm and perpetration of harm and to create safety in our community. And to do that, it requires not just looking at one side or the other, as you mentioned, it requires um, providing supports, services, and understanding the needs of those who experience harm as well as those who perpetrate.
0: Excellent points, Gretchen. I completely forgot the uh, the question about cost, so I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Great to hear that uh, programs are offered uh, bilingual. So again, thank you for uh, providing all that information, Gretchen Soto, Program Manager with Domestic and Sexual Violence Services with Fairfax County. Thanks so much You're for welcome. being on the County Conversation Podcast with us today.
1: Thank you for this opportunity; it's a privilege.
0: Absolutely, uh, my pleasure to have you on to talk about. Uh, the ADAPT program and uh, Fairfax County's Domestic and Sexual Violence Services, again, uh, that hotline number 703-360-7273. Thanks to uh, Gretchen for joining us and thanks to you for listening to this edition of the County Conversation Podcast. If you'd like to get more Fairfax County news and events, we encourage you to go to fairfaxcounty.gov news or call 703-Fairfax, that's 703-324-7329, and that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. The County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.